0: the Dirty Sports Podcast. I said, "Welcome
1: to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Bruno." Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in lovely Venice Beach, California, with my co host, Joey. No chill prano. Hello, Andy. Good to have you back, Joe.
1: Good to have you here still.
0: That was so half assed. (laughs) Good to have you in your own apartment. Good to have you still where
1: I left you. Yeah. Good to be back, Andy. I listened to the last episode with Douglas Coker, it's a great episode. I don't often listen when I'm not on, but you guys killed it last episode. Thanks again for Tug for stepping in last minute. Get that Tug was mentioned out right out of the way.
0: Well, I appreciate that, and I want to add to that. Tug is just wheeling and dealing at this point, and we discussed this over text, whether he fills in for me, whether he fills in for you. The guy is a star in the making. We need to get that new DSPN show with Tug. Up on the board, man.
1: I'm sure there would be a lot of dirt balls who would listen. Absolutely, Tugs, nugs. Yeah.
0: And... Tuggets, nuggets. The guy is just... He's a machine. And I know we said it last episode, but he was working on an hour's sleep, goes to Vegas, then he stays up till 3.30. Me, who doesn't have kids, crashed at like midnight. Guy's an animal.
1: Well, I hope he doesn't die of a heart attack at like 51. No. I'm Yeah. Uh, you know. But he definitely has that white boy jeans, you know what I mean? He's just he's just such a white dude like he is totally the kind of guy who like falls face first down into a bowl of grape nuts at the <laughs> breakfast table while his 13-year-old son's like eating a pop tart. Like what happened? Well, you know, dad uh has multiple one-hour sleep nights. Uh he's doing he's doing last minute Vegas trips at at 50 years old. The slide in some Dallas Cowboys under parlayed with uh, Dak Prescott completions bets.
0: Yeah. Yes. The talk was funny because all he cared about. It's funny when you get to that point in your life, which you and I don't know. All he cared about, he said, was a big room to himself. Yeah. So he loved... That our rooms, you know, we each got our own rooms, of course, and they were 1,100 square feet, so. The rooms
1: were 1,100 square feet? Massive. Didn't you say you paid like 20 bucks or something?
0: It was $28. I haven't checked what the resort fee was. I believe that was 40 so after taxes, it was
1: $68. For an 1,100 square foot room? Yeah. Jesus.
0: Nobody's going to the Rio anymore, bro. It's crazy. Just off the strip, right? Yeah. That's what you can get. And that's all he cared about. He said, I want a big room where I can sprawl out. And get some sleep. And he didn't sleep. He probably got six hours, okay. which is a week's worth for him. Right. But you're back. You were in the STL, in the Lou, in yep. the 314. Yeah. This is, this is painting me right now, I told you, wearing a St. Louis Cardinals hat.
1: Yeah, I didn't really think about it uh, when I was headed over or when I even put it on this morning. I was just trying to rep my new hat, yeah. my new stadium. I've, I've talked about it on this and Dirty Slides. My rule is I will get a ball cap at any stadium I attend uh, unless it's a National League East rival, uh, the New York Yankees or the Boston Red Sox. Otherwise, it's a good chance that I will buy your cap uh, to commemorate that I was at your ballpark. Unless, like, your logo's trash. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't think, unless they have some wild shit that's like really cool, and in in which case they should probably start using it. But like if I go to Arizona, I don't think I'm picking up a diamondback's hat. That yeah. That logo's never worked, not for one second, and they should be ashamed of themselves. Um but, you know, if I go to your ballpark, I'll probably pick up a cap. And uh I did. I was rooting for the for the Cardinals to win against the Cubs in the game I went to, so I, I picked up a hat to to show support. Roo 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 for the home team, as they say.
0: Yeah. Well so. for me it's basically bringing back traumatic memories cuz for I don't know the longest time the Cardinals have just dominated.
1: Yeah, trust me it brings Threats. back traumatic memories for me as well. Yeah, I mean honestly right? we have a a famous playoff defeat to the to the Cardinals. Um but I also picked the Cardinals and the Houston Astros in the World Series this year on our baseball preview and uh both are still alive so I'll be throwing my support behind those two teams um, for the playoffs. And I know you said you listened to Dirty Slides. I talked about it there. In the NL, we've got just some National League East teams left, the Chase Utley Dodgers and the Cardinals. So I am a big Cardinals fan in the National League right now. Yeah. Got to root for the cards.
0: Best fans in baseball, in air quotes. I will – Now, now, again, I listen to slides. Everybody else should listen to slides. You and Laz did a great job discussing – your experience at Bush Stadium and whether the St. Louis fans are the best in baseball. But I think we have to reiterate it here, if you don't mind. Yeah. Your analysis of Bush Stadium. I don't want to say what you said on slides, which I love the analogy there. Yeah,
1: well, let's talk about the fans first because I'll say one thing. It was packed. They were rooting hard. And I got to throw St. Louis Card—this is sort of my flip side of the coin for the Midwest versus the Coast's living argument— I looked for tickets for a long time to those games they didn't get that much cheaper they it like I know it was the last series I know they were fighting for a playoff spot but like going down to the last day it got cheaper in like the last hour before the game which is when I struck um, but for the majority of the week, you're looking at $60 tickets just to get in yeah now you can say, you can make you can make all the excuses you want. But the bottom line is you can get thirty dollar tickets five rows back at Dodger Stadium literally any time. I don't think we paid sixty dollars for our playoff tickets when we went and saw Mets Dodgers. And if we did, it wasn't much more than that.
0: We didn't. I know for a fact we got loge for around forty five bucks.
1: Yeah. So, you know, just like we talk about quality of life. It's like the reason you get a $400,000 mega mansion in the Midwest is because no one wants to fucking live there as compared to how many people want to live here. The fact that I can get $30 and $40 Mets tickets, Dodgers tickets, Angels tickets, Yankees tickets, whatever, somewhere in the ballpark is a testament to look, there's availability. Just like there's availability in housing in the fucking Midwest. The ballpark situation in St. Louis, it was expensive because that's what the market demands. So people are going, people are supporting, and if people are selling their tickets, they're selling them for a lot. So it is, you know, the the St. St. Louis Cardinals baseball is the uh, is the complete opposite of the Midwest housing market. Yeah. Their baseball ticket market and their housing market, wildly different.
0: As someone who lived there for five years, they do support the team. Yeah. Yeah and they're usually and it was crowded. I would say they're usually in the thick of it, but we see these teams that are good that don't pe- put people in seats. The Cardinals are going to put people in seats all 81 games. The,
1: you know, we've obviously criticized Dodgers fans a ton, but it's just a totally different we ended up being like a half inning late um and it was it was Completely full when we got there. You know what I mean? The we bought upper deck or second deck tickets. We didn't even go to our seats ever because we stood in the outfield in the standing room only. But the standing room only sort of uh, like bar tops, the the like little yeah. counters, full everything full. Place was packed, and uh, and they were there on time. They they beat obviously an L A an L A native there. Uh, Obviously, I was a half inning late, but it was packed. They rooted hard. Was good, you know. I look best fans in baseball. I'm. It's it's just such a dumb title to give out, but they're certainly good fans. They certainly support, and uh, and I'll be rooting for them from here on out in the National League. But let's get to the
0: stadium. What is Joe Prano's assessment of Busch Stadium?
1: I'll preview this just like I said on on Dirty Slides. We talk about a lot more things besides. Bush Stadium on Dirty Slides. So I'll give you a little Joe Nug from <laughs> Dirty Slides. And then uh, you guys can go over there for our, for our baseball preview. But what I said is, uh, here's how I described it. When I drink beer, right? Miller High Life to me is just beer. It's what beer tastes like. On the XY axis of, of light and dark Hoppy and not hoppy, right in the middle, in the epicenter. I just think what just if you told me something was just, hey, this is a beer, I would assume it's going to taste like Miller High Life. Hey, this is a light beer. Okay, it's going to be lighter than High Life. Hey, it's a dark beer. Hey, it's whatever. Bush Stadium. It's not new. It's not old. It's not particularly quirky. It's not. It's not like a big bowl type of old style stadium. It's perfectly in the middle of everything. It's not too big. It's not too small. The outfield is, you know, one like there's, there's a curve to the outfield wall. There's no nooks and crannies. There's brick background behind the thing. It's just, it's the Miller High Life of ballparks. It is where you would start. I think I said on dirty slides, if you were creating a ballpark, I would use this as your, as your opening. I would start there. And then I would be like, okay, we're going to tweak this, we're going to twerk that, and we're just going to do some things. It couldn't be. I liked it. I enjoyed it. The, there wasn't anything super special about it. Yeah. Um, the fans obviously were great. You got the arch in the background. That's a nice like build around a uh, a natural wonder, if you will. Um, but it's just right down the middle. It's just, just, it's just. It's just ballpark X, which is, you know, in, in modern baseball now, obviously everybody's trying to do some things. But just because you make a new ballpark doesn't mean you improve on simple, classic standard. The Marlins made a ballpark. I haven't been, but it looks like absolute fucking trash. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everybody seems to agree it's a debacle. Yeah. Um, a lot of new ballparks have gotten it right. New Yankee Stadium has come out since New Bush. New Bush kills New Yankee Stadium, you know. Um, and obviously, there's some classic stadiums—Wrigley, Fenway, even Dodger Stadium—that I maybe would say I prefer to to Bush. But you really, you really can't complain about it in any way. It's just yeah, it is what it is.
0: And as someone who's seen multiple games there, I pretty much agree with you. It's it's very. Cookie cutter. They don't try too much. I think some stadiums, like you mentioned, the Marlins Park, when they tried that disaster in the outfield, it just went completely wrong. Yeah. But I, but I think I think it's very your description of them, which by the way is such a diss to the city of St. Louis to, to to use
1: because I'm using Miller
0: to use their rival beer. Yeah, I know. Saint, Saint native St. Louisans must be so offended to hear that. Yeah, because they absolutely can't stand Miller products. But I think that's a good description and it's also a good description of the Midwest yeah it's eh
1: yeah I mean and again it's not eh it's good like, yeah I, I give it I give it a like it's uh you know six out of ten yeah six and a half six and a half seven out even seven out of ten it's like that girl's really pretty it's yeah not like hot but that girl's really pretty like Bush Stadium somebody you marry. Yeah, yeah, You know? It's not somebody you roll around with for a couple nights, have dirty sex with. (laughs) It's a girl you wake up in the morning and Bush Stadium's just...
0: The girl next door? Yeah. Bush Stadium's the girl next door. Bush Stadium's
1: just making you grape nuts in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I enjoyed it. The food was decent, but not like crazy. You know, maybe I missed it. I did a loop around the ballpark. It, It didn't seem like they tried to do, hey, we're a culinary thing. They had a cool little bar area. uh, on the field level that I went to Um, they have that outfield oh, I I was texting you about this, beyond the left field wall they have Ballpark Village which uh, is also known as Midwest Live which we went to Texas Live when we went to the Rangers game which is like one building with a bunch of bars in it and in the middle a huge screen where you can watch all these games it wasn't the same it was exactly the same yeah this is is some company or some developer that does this and they have great so i had heard a lot about ballpark village i was like oh that sounds really cool and it is cool when we were in tech like it was cool really cool it does lose a little bit of excitement when you go oh there's like 10 of these like are there are there other ones
0: well that's wild yeah when you sent me videos and pictures it's exactly the same thing as they have in Arlington. Exactly.
1: Exactly. I mean, the 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 like the, like the blueprints probably are the same.
0: Yeah, it's got to be the same company.
1: Yeah. No, it's one hundred percent is. I mean, you remember we walked? There was a a ground level where the screen was, and then there was bars on the top level, and we walked up stairs that you know went two way stairs, and there was the big Pudge Rodriguez thing that we got a thing in. In front of, him. and there's an Aikman one on the other side. I mean, down to that, there's stairs with the St. Louis Cardinals legends on a big picture. Like it's identical, and that, like I said, when we went in Texas, it was really cool. But to know that this is something that now I don't know Fox Sports in in partnership with some architect or some developer is putting in multiple things, kind of loses a little bit of its excitement. Sure,
0: I agree. It's not as original. Well, let's segue to your team, the Mets, because we're going to talk baseball right now, and then we'll move into NFL and other news. Mickey Calloway, your manager of two years. Yeah. He's gone. Yep. Now, was he fired, or did they part ways? He was fired. Okay.
1: Yeah. He was fired. I am um, I have not spoken to Mickey Calloway personally, but I'm assuming that had the Mets you know, wanted to keep him as manager, he would have stayed on. Um, again... Talked about this on slides, obviously prior to the decision being made today. I'm fine with it. My fear is, uh, and and we have a lot of Andy Dalton talk coming up on the show for a variety of reasons, but it's sort of the Andy Dalton, uh, it's sort of the Andy Dalton of managers situation. It's like, okay, I'm totally fine with you moving on from him, but who are you going to replace him with? This is the big question, you know. Um, if they get a Girardi, if they get a Madden, I'm pretty sure Bochy's taking at least a year off. Laz says that Bochi's, you know, the rumors are Bochy wants to come back. I can't imagine they would have done a whole hoopla retirement thing and he comes back the next year. But if if we get a grade A manager and Cubs fans, you should be ashamed of yourself and what you did to Joe Madden. Uh, he brought you your first World Series since fucking light bulbs were invented and you or like, yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, okay, um, yeah. I'll, t- I'll take Madden tomorrow. Um, I will take Girardi. Even uh, I think, I think the Yankees. Same thing. The Yankees did Girardi wrong, um, and and have gone with Aaron Boone, which ha- has that worked so far. Um, there's also talk of uh, the Mets trading for AJ Hinch uh, because I guess him and Brody are friends from. But obviously, he's in the. He's in a playoff hunt right now. So uh, if they replace him with a great manager, I'm okay with it. I would really, as much as I love Carlos Beltran as a Met and as a mind and as a bilingual whatever, I don't, like, the answer for this team isn't a guy managing for the first time, in my opinion. Um, I said on slides, Mets fans were sort of all against, like, get Mickey Calloway out of here. He doesn't know what he's doing. I'm like, the majority of the issues were how he handled some pitching. Stories came out today that uh, basically he was taking the lumps for pitchers who wanted to come out or uh, decisions by ownership or the GM on how to manage certain players. So I liked Callaway. I thought he was going to sort of figure it out. And I didn't think he did a terrible job. And I said, put it on... The big dogs on the team. Put it on the, the future of this franchise, which is Alonzo, DeGrom, McNeil, Syndergaard. If those guys want Mickey, stick with Mickey. If they don't, they don't. Now, maybe that's what they did, and they asked those guys, and they decided to move on from him. Um, but everything I know about the Wilpons says they probably didn't ask anybody anything. Um, I just hope they replace him with a better manager.
0: I have an I have an idea. Okay. A double-headed managerial Higher. Okay. Let's bring back the eighties. Doc Gooden, Dwight Gooden, Daryl Strawberry. Fuck
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you had said like Keith Hernandez, I would have been like, I don't want him to leave the booth. But like there are a lot of former Mets who have managerial experience and there are a lot of former Mets who I might be considered for the job. Um, but I would like to see it go to a manager who has had success and who is ready to take a ball club that should have been in the playoffs this year and has a young core, has great pitching, you know, has the ability to build something. And, and also somebody who's going to hold the Wilpons feet to the fire a little bit. I think if you bring in a Joe Girardi or a Joe Madden, they're going to be able to say, Hey guys, you need to. This is a hole, and you need to address it. Yeah. Now, the flip side of that coin is, a lot of these sort of old school managers do seem to um, not mesh well with the new school attitude of like, hey, the computer says what what our move is here. And you know, we have joked on Dirty Slides for a while that Dave Roberts is a robot a la Westworld, because he clearly is not ever going with any sort of gut decision, you know, yeah, and and just going st- strictly by the analytics and strictly by whatever the computer is popping out. And I just don't think that is the best strategy. It might it might work if you have the best team. Like, the Dodgers could win the World Series this year for sure. But I just don't think that that's the best strategy. I think you need a manager who's confident in their own decisions. I think a Girardi would do that. I think a Madden would do that. And, um then you just got to give them the ability to do that.
0: Well, that's actually a good segue discussing the analytics and the computer for something I tweeted out yesterday now that we are in the playoffs. And this was a legitimate question for me. I was not taking a stance, and I just find it interesting that we have Oakland once again making the postseason. Yeah. They go down yesterday 5-1. And I I wanted to look it up because obviously Billy Bean, known for Moneyball, the book, the movie – he got hired as a GM in 1998. He's now uh, president of baseball operations with the team and actually a, a minority owner. But anyway, so Billy Bean's been with the team for 20 plus years. The Athletics have made the playoffs now 10 times, which is amazing. So yeah, ba- incredible. So basically, every other year since Bean got hired, they're making the playoffs. But here's the crazy part they've only won a single playoff series. Of those ten times,
1: that's you're saying not including like the wild card game itself is only a couple years old. Yeah, you're I'm saying talk, a series. I'm talking series. Yeah, but I'm glad you re- we reiterated that because yeah. the Nationals still have not won a playoff series.
0: Yeah, not game series more than one. So they've only won a single playoff series, Prano, of those ten. So this begs the question that I ask: Does this money ball strategy work? Because it gets you to the playoffs. And I get, they are a smaller market. They don't have the financial means. And I understand that's going to come into play for your answer. But my argument would be, I don't know if it does. If you're never going to win, I guess my question is, I know we say with the NFL, it's Super Bowl or bust, right? I guess my question is this.
1: It's absolutely not that in baseball.
0: It's not that in baseball, but I'm also thinking from a fan's perspective Also, somebody who comes from a small market in Cincinnati. Like, if the Reds have made the playoffs 10 times in the last 20 years, they probably would get more people. But my point is, I look at the Oakland attendance. Guys, it's awful. And I know the stadium plays into it. But my argument is, it's not getting more people to the stadium when they are good.
1: I, I would argue that it is. Okay. It's just not getting a lot of people to the stadium. So I guess my my question is because if, it's still Oakland and that place is still a fucking dump and they still charge you thirty dollars for parking, which is which was the one thing I took away from my visit when I went to the Oakland Coliseum. I was like, how dare you! For what I'm walking into, the the forget the quality of the product on the field, the quality of this place that I'm walking. In, how dare you charge me thirty dollars yeah. for parking? And that was you know one of the dirt balls tagged me in a thing. Uh, yesterday and said, you know, it was a question from like a big baseball Twitter handle, like, why is baseball attendance down and what can we do to fix it? And he said, fix your life, you need to weigh in. And I said, it's it's plain old, it's too expensive. There's 162 games, okay? The, if Think about this. There's 162 games. So there's 81 home games for every team. And every stadium holds 50,000 people, right? So it's like, I mean, what's the math on that? you know if if you're doing fifty thousand that's a hundred thousand for every forty that's what four million people does that make well, well, that, well,
0: well let's let's do this
1: uh call it a forty thousand per forty thousand times yeah I was gonna say 80. Let,
0: let's do forty thousand that four no that doesn't Did I do that wrong probably so we're saying forty thousand people. Times 80. Yeah, it's 3.2 million. Yeah.
1: Okay. So how many people live in Cincinnati? Do you know the population of Cincinnati? Like greater Cincinnati? Yeah. Probably like a million and a half. Okay. So now just to fill every seat in your ballpark for the season, every single person in greater Cincinnati has to go to two games. It's not that many. But uh, but it's not that many, but it's also every single person. Sure. Man, woman, elderly, Child. sick person, rich, poor, whatever. So l- let's just agree there are non baseball fans. There are people too broke to go. There are there's a million different reasons why you don't go. What population of fan of, of fans in any city do you think ever attend a baseball game? 30%? Right? So if you cut that in third, now just to fill your ballpark, you need people to go to six ball games. Six people. If you care about baseball, you have to go to six ball games a year. That's how many ball games you and I go to a year. Yeah. We fucking make our living doing sports. It needs to be cheaper. It needs to be something where you want to go six times a year. That's what baseball has to be. It needs to be something where you want to go to a ball game every month. That's how it has to be priced. Now, let's get away from that and get back to your original question. The Oakland A's are a in a dumpster fire city, in a dumpster fire building. They basically have said for years, we're not spending the money. Now, what Billy Bean and Moneyball and all the people – that he's brought in underneath him and the computer analytics and Paul De Podesta, and blah, blah, blah. Everybody's read the book. Everybody's seen the thing. What they all did is they tried to figure out a way to succeed within the constraints that they were given, which is how do we win if this is our situation? Yeah. And they have done a tremendous job doing that because they've gotten to the playoffs half of the season since he started in a city that should... Honestly, never go, yeah. or every once in a while go. So he's actually like been infinitely more successful than he should have been. Now the other proof that Money Ball works is that other teams. Th- this is the Mike D'Antoni offense situation. Other teams have taken it, tweaked it, used it with money that they have, and been successful. The Red Sox used the Money Ball strategy to win the World Series. They just went, we're going to take all of the things that you're using, but we're not going to be constrained by, we don't have enough money to sign this guy or this guy or this guy. So in the offseason, we're also just going to sign Chris Sale and sign JD Martinez and sign big free agents and bullpen guys and whatever to help. But the strategy of how you're building a ball club we're still going to use the basis of and if you look at the Houston Astros who you know are the most dominant team in baseball for the last 5 years guys who work at bats guys who value on base percentage they don't have it's they're not the Yankees or the Twins or these teams that are hitting a million home runs now don't get me wrong the Astros still hit a bunch of home runs But they're also in a ballpark that's conducive to that. Like Alex Bregman isn't necessarily your atypical power guy. You know, they have used the same strategy, but they've also gone, we're going to go out and we're going to trade for Verlander at the deadline. We're going to trade for, you know, uh, whoever, all these guys that are fucking, you know, trading, Zach Cranky. We're going to go out and we're going to do that. The A's have never been able to do that. And we'll never be able to do that.
0: So, so I, that's all on ownership at the end of the day.
1: A hundred percent. And the fact that, and you know, the ownership, this, the city and the situation, the ballpark, like get a new ballpark, get a new fucking fan, like make people want to go to the ballpark six times a year. So you have money to spend so you can add free agents. It's like, you know, the A's are always bargain shopping. My Mets team does the same thing because the owners are thieves and criminals. In the first, in the number one market in the United States, they're they still act like a small market team. And the Mets budget buy all the time, all the time. They budget buy. They go, oh, this guy is he's like this guy, but he's fucking cheaper. We'll just, why get a new shortstop when we can just bring Jose Reyes back? Well, because he beat the shit out of his wife. It's fine. He's cheap. The Mets, if the Mets made the playoffs every other year, I'd jizz my pants. The Mets have made the playoffs, what, four times this millennium?
0: I know. I guess the making the playoffs psychologically as a fan, it's got to be a mental mind fuck, though, if you know you're not going to win. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you know, I, I guess that kind of begs the, it's more of like a psychological issue. If you know you're going to make the playoffs every other year, but know you have no chance of winning, is it that much better than just not making the playoffs? This is where
1: the beauty of being a sports owner is you, you can always cater to fanboys. There are, ah, yeah. there are Tampa Bay Bucks fans who refuse to admit that Jameis Winston is trash.
0: Oh, we're going to get to that.
1: There are Boston Red Sox fans who refuse to admit their city is racist. There are like all the fans. There are people, the the people that. By the way, the Coliseum was sold out yesterday, basically. Yeah, you know, I'm sure I saw. They, I'm sure they blocked off thousands of seats.
0: Well, they said fifty thousand according right. to the the broadcast. Right.
1: Thirty five thousand of those people thought they had a legitimate shot to win the World Series. Cause they're fucking A's fans.
0: Yeah, you know they're just gonna ignore. They're gonna ignore the history.
1: Yeah. And also, it's certainly better than the alternative, which is just be bad every year, to swing and miss at free agents in Oakland, and then just set yourself back for a decade. Because, I mean, maybe at, maybe at some point their ownership says to Billy Bean, hey, let us know when you think we're real, real, real close, and we're going to swing for the fence one year. Yeah, but that could backfire if you don't win, and you're and you're you're as strapped for cash as they are. Then it could hurt you. In the I long guess that's
0: run. what I want. Yeah, I want. They've been. I mean, they won 97 games this year. There's so many years they're winning 95 plus games. One year, put all your cards in, and say, we're actually trying to win a World Series. But
1: the thing is, they don't even put half of their cards in. And yet Billy being it manages it to get them to 95. Like they're, they so don't do, they so don't do a real job going like, we're going to sign some fucking people. Yeah. They never do a, we're going to sign one guy. Um, I think what would be smart for them is they've got to figure out a new, they've got to figure out a ballpark. They've got to inject some life. They've got to inject some money and then, and they are built to win with their, you know, with Billy Bean and that and that strategy if you can find a way to just give him a little more to work with.
0: Yeah. Well, the wild card is over, at least the, the initial round. Wild card, right? Yeah. And uh, games start today. They start actually in about three hours. St. Louis at Atlanta, Washington at L.A. today. And tomorrow we have Rays at Astros. Um Twins will travel to New York. And uh, who do you like in these games? Well, I mean, we can do it. Like I said, you yeah. guys you guys did a nice in-depth on slides. Yeah, if
1: you want to go super deep, listen to Dirty Slides. But uh, I think Atlanta-St. Louis is going to be a real series. Yeah. I think it's going to be really tough. Obviously, I'll be rooting for the Cardinals. Um, I really think that that series could go either way. I said Atlanta was too young last year that they broke out of the scene, you know, that they were, they were ahead of schedule. Um, now they have that year of experience. Uh, they are the home team as they won more games than the Cardinals. The Cardinals just, it's just like, I, and I said this at the beginning of the year when I picked the Cardinals to be in the world series, I'm like, just, I go every couple years. It's just like, where the fuck did the Cardinals come from? and, here they are winning the division, so i think I think you've got you know a dichotomy here you've got the young up and comers and the just this the team that always seems to be there. They're almost like the Oakland days of the National League, just like they're always there now, obviously they've won some World Series because their fan base actually supports, and they actually put money behind the team, and they go out and they get some big time free agents like the guys that they have. Right now. And so that is the most interesting first-round series to me. I would say that and Yankees-Twins is the most interesting first-round series. Uh, I think Dodgers, Washington, these five-game series, I mean, you win one game. It's a series. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that maybe besides Houston-Tampa Bay, especially with verlander Grinke, um, could be a tough tough go for Tampa Bay, but I think everything's going to be interesting. Um, But I like, I I honestly can't pick a winner in St. Louis, Atlanta. Um, I, I will be rooting for St. Louis. I think the Dodgers win. I think that'll be, you know, a decent series. I think Houston pretty much rolls. Um, And then Yankees, Minnesota is going to be really interesting as well. Obviously I'll be rooting even harder for Minnesota than I am the Cardinals because fuck the Yankees. Um, but that'll be interesting because th- three of those games, if they play five, will be played in Yankee Stadium. Um, very similar sort of uh, approaches. But, you know, a lot of home runs being hit throughout the regular season from Twins, Yankees. So, does that does that stay true in the postseason? Uh, is this going to be a uh, you know a mash off or? As tends to happen in playoff baseball, the pitching gets a little tighter. You know, you play a little bit more small ball. Honestly, I could see the Yankees and Minnesota just not blinking and just being like, you know, stick with what got you here and just, you know, blooping a bomb and hoping for two, three-run homers, trading two and three-run homers the whole game. So that'll be interesting, especially Yankee Stadium's fucking small. Minnesota got five guys who hit 30 home runs this year. Um, that both teams went back and forth on like the home run record
0: well here's something interesting as we look at the screen for the upcoming schedule. We talk about fan bases look at the disparity as far as ticket prices yeah for all the other teams and then Atlanta I, yeah I feel like Atlanta always gets this I I've, I've always been critical of them they, they get this like excuse or people don't say enough tickets for the Braves playoff game are going as low as $13 yeah. where if you look at all the other tickets 35 and up. So I'm yeah. saying that's a huge
1: disparity. And and again, this is like I'd love to come back to this in a couple days because even $35 tickets uh for game 2 in Atlanta, $43 tickets at Los Angeles, $39 tickets at Los Angeles. You're talking about like Dodgers fans. You can get $39 playoff tickets right now.
0: Where would you get those tickets, Joe?
1: I'd get them on SeatGeek. Yeah. And I'd use $10 off. you get $29 playoff tickets right now?
0: It's absolutely amazing. You download that SeatGeek app, Dirt Balls, no matter whether you live in Atlanta, Los Angeles, Houston, New York, Minnesota, Tampa Bay doesn't have fans, uh, Washington's are all AI, right? Download the SeatGeek app, like Joe saying. You can get tickets so cheap for... Baseball playoffs, and if you've never been to a baseball playoff game, you and I have been to many, it's a completely different atmosphere, it's nothing like the regular season, I highly suggest everybody use the SeatGeek app and go see some Major League Baseball playoffs, and like Prano just said, SeatGeek will even give you $10 off on your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. So download the Seeky Gap today and use promo code DIRTY. That's D-I-R-T-Y for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. And uh, tweet it, tweet it, Seeky. Yeah. Tweet at us. Let us know if you use a promo code for any of these baseball playoffs or any event. I will send you two koozies in the mail. Okay.
1: What a gap, by the way, too, between everybody and, and the Yankees tickets. Yankees oh yeah, it's over a hundred bucks. Next highest on that first page, forty-three dollar Dodgers tickets. Right, and, and honestly, that that doesn't surprise me about Yankee fans, and it doesn't surprise me, but it is still kind of gross. Like Dodgers fans, go fucking watch your goddamn team play. Like if you if you're the kind of person that says like argues the LA's not a bad sports town thing, like fuck you. This is goddamn proof. It's two and a half times the price. To go see a Yankee game tonight than it is to go see the Dodgers game tonight.
0: Yeah, the two biggest markets.
1: And by the way, the Dodgers, you're not splitting your city. Yeah. You could say Anaheim, but that's a whole different.
0: That's a different county.
1: Yeah. That's as far away from here as, you know, well, it's halfway to Philadelphia if you're in New York. Yeah.
0: Well, they'll be struggling tonight. Big time for that game because that Nationals Dodgers game starts at 5:37. Yeah, but there's traffic. There's traffic.
1: Yeah, if you're well, the thing is, if you're going to a 5:30 Dodgers game and you work, like you got to leave work early, bro. Yeah, you're already leaving work early. Just leave earlier. There's gonna be mark
0: my words. There's gonna be be nobody there at first pitch. There will be no one there, the first two innings. Everybody's gonna use the traffic excuse, which I hate because every major city has big traffic. Okay, moving right along, we got we got some we got some non-NFL uh, news, and then we're gonna get to our week five picks, and we're gonna do a full breakdown of your boy Jamarcus Russell because uh, Jamarcus Win- Jamarcus Winston. Yeah, I'm sorry because we uh, the Jameis Winston stands are coming out the woodworks and oh my goodness I can't wait to talk about that but before we do that I want to talk about another beef that's happening Shaquille O'Neal versus your boy Dame Lillard a NBA rap beef I'm loving this
1: uh, yeah I'm loving it too and by the way both these guys are my boy I love Shaq I do love Damian Lillard as well Um I, I'm wondering if uh Damian Lillard offered Shaq some dough to uh, to get in a rap feud with him so that he could he could move more of his album, um, because w- why are these guys beefing? <laughs> like, what's the beef?
0: So basically, Lillard said he was the best NBA rapper in the game.
1: Yeah, which I agree with.
0: And took like a diss at Shaq. Yeah, and then Shaq dropped. Shaq his- put
1: out fucking you know a Foosh Nickens fucking album and like like when's the last time Shaq dropped an album like? This, this is like, I mean, obviously, Damon Lillard's better.
0: But hold on. Shaq responds to that. With a diss track. And I will say, I thought
1: it was great. I thought it was great, too, but I thought Lillard's diss track was better.
0: Dude, Lillard's response, one of the lines he claims Kobe got Shaq his rings. That alone disqualified that diss track.
1: I 100% agree, obviously. But I'm just saying from the rap standpoint, and I, I just thought his was a better diss track. And also, besides that line, he gets some good digs in at Shaq. Shaq's was good for a guy coming out of retirement to throw a diss at Dame Lillard, but I didn't think it like, I mean, you're talking about when you're talking about flow, like I don't even think it's close. Damian Lillard is a better rapper than Shaq.
0: Yeah. From just an art for just a musical sense. Yeah. This is all in good fun, right? I, that's that was
1: my question. Is this is this a fake beef? I'd assume yes. Who do you think won this this
0: beef off? I think lyrically People are giving the nod to Shaq. It's funny because...
1: I didn't think that at all when I first listened, but I did see a lot of people say that. That's what I'm
0: saying. The consensus from social media. But that doesn't mean it's right, because social media is a bunch of idiots. But this is what I find interesting, Prano. We we battle with Kobe stands all the time. I mean, I am now entrenched. I I, I, I have taken that baton, I almost want to say, from you. And I've gone full... You've gone full Charlie.
1: It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like. I have. You get strings on the wall.
0: To the point we are about to release sometime in the next few weeks a YouTube uh, a video. A Kobe diss track. A full Kobe diss YouTube video. I This is no exaggeration. I have spent hours. I mean hours. Adding up. Statistical evidence that shows Kobe Bryant is not top 15 all time. It's all factual. I'm not even going to bring up stuff outside of the actual NBA playing on the court. But anyway, this is what I find interesting. This is why I'm bringing that up. We've seen how everyone wants to somehow say they both got each other rings. But now when it comes to dissing, when Dame says that Kobe got his rings, suddenly now everybody's saying, well, Shaq got him those rings. So you're wrong. So Shaq wins.
1: Right. Listen, if 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 the argument is Shaq wins because Dame Lillard disqualifies himself by even bringing up Kobe, I'm okay with that. Okay, if you want to say you're disqualified, it goes to Shaq. Like you can't just make shit up in a diss track. But like people do all the time. Right. Like every diss track in history has had some fucking made up bullshit, some whatever. So if that's where we're going, Dame Lillard disqualified for that line I'm okay with it overall when I listen to the two things as a whole I was like I think Dame won but hey I'm fine with disqualifying because nothing offends me more you might be trying to take the baton but I'm gonna fucking take it I'm gonna hold on to it pretty tightly because I am the original Kobe truther I was Kobe truthing when fucking the guy was still playing. And people were like, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. I'm like, "No, how dare you?
0: I will give Joe this.
1: I am the original.
0: He is. Joe has been a Kobe truther since we started the show in 2014. I'm
1: the Leonardo da Vinci of Kobe truthers. I have like sketch drawings. (laughs) I have like pencil drawings of his
0: overratedness. I mean, I used to defend Kobe versus LeBron. Yeah. You can go back. Wild when you do a deep dive, how overrated he truly is. In fact, you know, again, we're not going to fully do this. Maybe we've already said the most overrated player.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I I totally agree with that. I mean, he, he is. He just he is. And and by the way, that doesn't mean I don't think Kobe's a top twenty-five player all time. Yeah. But if you're the if you live in a world where you think Kobe Bryant's top five or top seven or top ten. You're grossly overrating him.
0: Well, what I, what I love and and where I I love where I mean, there are people who think he's top two, where we're there are people who think he's top one, where we're headed as a show. I I like the direction to kind of step outside the box for a minute of where we're headed as Dirty Sports, and and this is a prelude to what we're about to do with Jameis Winston. Right is, guys, you can listen to Talking Heads. All day on all those channels, Fox Sports 1, ESPN, other sports podcasts, they're out there. But I'll tell you one thing. We're going to bring the facts on this show. And if you don't like it, you're a flat earther. And to reiterate, you're just going to get blocked. And, like,
1: and, and the amazing thing is, too, and I take I take great offense to it, but... You know, a lot of people go, "Oh, it's it's not it's not all stats, stats." You know, uh, stat nerd, stat nerd, stat nerds. Like no one in the history of my life that I've talked sports with over the years has ever accused me of being a stat nerd. I am not a fucking stat guy. I am an eye test guy, and the the best thing ever is that I would say ninety five percent of the time. My eye test hot take, when I actually look at the statistical analysis, I'm completely proven right. I believed Kobe Bryant was a ball hog, hated by his teammates, that was inefficient, that played a terrible style, that ran a shack out of town, that never won a playoff series without a dominant big man. This is, this is just... This is just what I knew about Kobe Bryant. Now, when you go and you back that up statistically, and you go, "Well, yeah, he's he's not very efficient. He's you know f- never been a top five player in VORP. He's never he's not a top twenty player in you know PR. He's not all this stuff like that." Just justifies what I saw. I said, I by the way, I loved your boy Russell Wilson when he first started playing, and then as the years went by and those teams didn't weren't as dominant with the defense. I started saying, "Russ is getting sacked a lot. What is the problem with this guy?" And then I was like, it "Just seems like he holds on to the ball too long." Just and then you look at it and you go to the statistical analysis. He's not getting the ball out at nearly the speed until this year. This year he is. Yeah. Until this in at nearly the speed of other great quarterbacks. He's getting sacked way higher a percentage time than other quarterbacks. That was There's just stats that back up what I saw. And we're about to do that with Jameis Winston. It's like you don't have to be a rocket scientist to watch it and see something. If you go back and you go, the stats prove you wrong, you got to own that shit. But the bottom line is the majority of the time, mine's solely on eye test, and then it's backed up by facts.
0: Well, I don't even like the term stat nerd because to me, when I hear that, you're debunking factual evidence. It's and, no, and, and the thing is, it's not all stats. I agree. It's, it's not all stats, but just, just in general, Joe, you, you can't debunk.
1: But if you're a Kobe Bryant truther, or sorry, I should say, if you're a Kobe Bryant slurper, if you're a Kobe Bryant fan, where is the eye test that you're using to say, hey, let's disregard the stats? Where is the eye test? What did Kobe do in his career? If if your eyes told you he was clutch, you're a fanboy, because he wasn't. If your eyes told you that he was liked by players, you're a fanboy, because he wasn't. But it's not. If it's he not ran, just him. Ran Shaq out of town, didn't win a playoff series. Like if you if your brain if you saw something in your eyes and your brain tells you he he carried teams, it's marketing. When it's marketing. But that but. Mark, you have to be smarter than that.
0: Well, people aren't. People are brainwashed. We see it all the time. I'm sure I've been brainwashed by things just as much. You know, you see it all the time. But my thing is, when we get into stats, when we get into these analysis of players from all sports, I don't like the term stat nerd because... It is factual evidence. Just like I don't like it when it comes to global warming, there's factual evidence that we'll all back it up. But we'll get into that with Jameis here in a minute. But before we talk NFL, I'm very happy that the California signed the Fair to Play Act. It was signed this week.
1: I know nothing about this. I've I've read almost nothing. The only thing I know is some talking heads that I saw talk about. I know this was signed by the governor on lebron's show
0: so governor gavin newsom the governor of the Cal- state of california signed on lebron's show california has been at the at the lead of this it's basically saying it's and i want people to understand it's not paying players it's not a club sport it's not paying it's not athletes aren't getting paid to go play for usc or ucla right All it's saying is athletes are allowed to be compensated for if their image and likeness is used in video games, jerseys, marketing purposes for school. All it's saying is that athletes now can be compensated for that. So I love it because it's going to change everything. Now, this doesn't come into effect till 2023. So, basically, it gives the NCAA four years.
1: To solve it, fix it, come up with their own
0: thing. So, all it's saying is the EA Sports or Nike or whoever, if they're selling a million Lonzo Ball jerseys down here in Westwood at UCLA when Lonzo Ball is playing for them, and it's got the Nike swoosh or Adidas, whoever, I don't know who, is uh, a sponsorship for ucla's basketball team they're just saying he can get a cut and he can also negotiate with agents to get a cut
1: so now here's my question and 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 maybe this is stuff that has not been solved yet but l- let's just take for example Notre Dame football right? okay i know this is they're not in california but obviously this is something that you know is it, it starts in California but this is leading towards some sort of thing where it's going to other states are gonna pass things or whatever. If you uh if you have a number three Notre Dame jersey that doesn't have a name on the back, because Notre Dame doesn't put names on the back, that's the jersey that they essentially give to the guy forever, you know, since Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Sorry, when Ron Paulus, who fucking you Rick know, Meyer 3 Rick Meyer was 3 and when Paulus came in and they were like he's going to win 5 Heisman's they gave him 3 and and you know they've given receivers since that 3 like if you're the guy you get 3 how do you determine that's whose jersey you're selling well, the guy who's on the team now or did i just buy a fucking Joe Montana
0: jersey Well that's different when there's no name Right I I, I couldn't answer that Now is but
1: I guess that's the thing is like the loophole now uh, UCLA goes with no names on their jersey and everybody who wears fucking, you know, uh, they just start giving the best player ever fucking 13 and f- giving a middle finger to fucking the O'Bannon brothers? I mean,
0: that's an interesting question. I don't know how the universities are going to play it. But here's, what, here's what's interesting also. It's not just California. I read into this a lot. All these states now are introducing similar legislation. And here's what's interesting. This has basically been universal universally, I should say, supported on both Republicans and Democrats. That's what's so crazy. This isn't going anywhere. This is not a one-sided political party issue. In the state of California, it passed the Senate 31 to 5, and in the Assembly, 73 to nothing. So basically, they're saying, you know, the Republicans are all about the free market and capitalism, which is what this is. The Democrats are all about don't take advantage of you know, a disenfranchised group, which a lot of times is a minority player that came from, you know, a rough upbringing. So, so this is what's interesting, Prano, and this is everything I read, they're like, you now have both sides of the political aisle introducing and agreeing on this. The NCAA is, for lack of a better term, fucked.
1: Well, that's what I was to say. Like I said, and I appreciate you, you know, giving me all the the details, all the Andy nugs. If you will, but uh
0: you know you know what it would be it's my name back for there would be
1: rug Yeah, it'd be a rug nug <laughs> rug <nuts. laughs> I just I just fucking picture your brother sitting on top of you fucking grinding your face into the fucking carpet
0: go on rug nugs the amount of times that actually happened yeah. was a lot
1: um I as you know I am of the opinion that the NCAA is a criminal organization sure. that should be. Literally burned down that they that there is some sort of corporate office, I'm sure, for the NCAA, and somebody should Timothy McVeigh it and drive a fucking (laughs) and drive a fucking van into the parking garage and take the whole thing down. If this is the beginning of just a crumbling of the NCAA, I am all for it because I have said before and I understand that people are trying to work within the law and some system to have players benefit from. Slightly from the way they're being taken advantage of, but I want the whole thing fucking stripped to shit. I want it to be, I want it to be fucking, you know, I want it to be rubble.
0: Well, you know what this is. This is the same situation, in my opinion, as we've seen with sports gambling, as we've seen with legalized marijuana. It just starts with one. Yeah. And like I said, the domino effect. It's funny reading the reactions, though, from not only conferences, like the Pac-12, obviously a lot of schools in California. Everyone's against it. All the university presidents. Oh, of course. Because they're fucking scumbags. And it's so funny because they're saying, well, what's going to happen? Are, you know, these universities are 100% against it. And then are we going to have an issue where people are going to be leaving the NCAA? I love it. Again, it's not happening overnight. This bill right. doesn't go into effect for it's four great years. Though. It's a great start. It's a great, great start. start. Fuck the NCAA. I love it. And your boy and my boy, you know, LeBron has been kind of spearheading this from the beginning as far as the universities taking advantage. And I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the shop because he had Ed O'Bannon on with uh Governor Newsom and all these other people that were on the show to talk about it basically you know they they kind of know once this went into effect by being signed beginning of the end
1: yeah and and i mean it is a little bit ridiculous that this thing would get signed on the shop but at the same time like lebron is bigger than sports yeah you know he is he is you know And obviously, it's the person he's always compared to, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was bigger than basketball, too. Michael Jordan, you know, obviously was marketed to be a a worldwide face. Um, LeBron, marketed as well, obviously, by a lot of people, but has also taken the reins himself to start schools. And, you know, he skipped college. So who better to, you know be be a, a stand for this and somebody who goes why would i ever go to college and let people take advantage of me yeah um it is a little ridiculous that it happened on a tv show but like that's also just 2019 sure
0: no i agree it's it's completely absurd that it all went down but it also
1: but also that you know what standard are we holding the governor of california to i mean arnold schwarzenegger used to be the governor of california well and not, by the way i love arnold schwarzenegger but like
0: and not but not just that it also makes a, a bigger point though him signing
1: it. How much better would it have been if it had been Arnold still? And he was the one. He's like, LeBron, we're going to take down the NCAA. <laughs> Just like we took down the robots in Terminator. <laughs> the bridge to the NCAA is out. <laughs> NCAA executives, I have news for you. Get to your choppers. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, we have a new braino impression. <laughs> I love it. Add it to the list. Okay, so Joe, let's get to week five. We are at week five of the NFL season. Let's get to our picks. We will do all of our stories within the picks, I think. Yeah. That's the best way to do it. Uh, we'll do our full, your boy. Jamarcus Winston breakdown and also some other NFL stories. So after four weeks, it's still very close. We're still not doing well. Yeah, I hold. I, a,
1: this is the week I'm turning around. I don't know about you.
0: I hold a slim two two game lead. Two game lead on you for the L chain bet. By the way, I, I want to say something before we get into this. I, I get the Ruther curse is real. I'm not going to deny that. But guys, Joe and I have also split over four years picks. So so I'm not getting everything wrong. I just want to say we're even on NFL picks. Well, yeah, picks. I mean, but
1: these picks. The, the, the ruther curse really comes in where you're like, this is happening. <laughs> True. <laughs> you can, you're just picking
0: games here. True. Okay, fair enough. I can't zoom in, so I hope you can see this. Yes, again, I have my glasses on. Okay, so we will start with a great Thursday night game. And I want to add before we get to the game, I think NFL players should get additional bonus money every Thursday night game. I think that should be written in the future NFL players agreement with the union and the league. I think guys who are on shorter rest should get additional money, and I think that's completely fair. Okay. Just my idea that I had, because a lot of guys complain. I know Todd Gurley was very vocal again this week about such short rest, especially going – to a division rival like this. I think NFL players should get extra money. I think I think that's a fair compromise with the NFL. You want to continue Thursday night games? Fine. We get additional money. I think that's completely fair. With that being said, the Rams are a point-and-a-half underdog in Seattle. Huge game tonight. Both teams are at 3-1. and one. Who do you like and why? I'll let you start because I am struggling on this game.
1: Well... I wasn't here for last episode. You and Tug did a great breakdown of the disaster that was Jared Goff. Um, Jared, Gro- Jared Goff is now, uh, you know, more than any of his success in the league, more than not knowing where the fucking sunrise is, more than being in the Super Bowl. Jared Goff is now the poster child for don't pay your quarterback, essentially. Yeah. Um, like everybody couldn't believe the deal that Jared Goff. Everybody couldn't believe they did it as early as they did, um, and it's already biting them in the ass. You're you're already um, not seeing a you know a return on your investment. You're already seeing how this could cripple you long term, and you know you got you and Tug talked about Goff and about Gurley separately. Gurley's injury, and you think he's done. Goff struggles. I mean, you talk about a window. I know they have the new young genius in McVeigh who's the new but this is something that the old genius in Bill Belichick never did. Yeah. And I mean, let's talk about like the potential of a crippling of a dynasty that never was. You paid I agree. Two players huge money, one who's potentially never gonna be the same player, and one who you who's never gonna be the player you thought he was going to become. They might have they might have undid themselves before they even really got started. I agree. I mean, there's a I do love Sean McVay and I think he's a great coach, but they like is a Super Bowl appearance. They I think there's just as good a chance that they never make the Super Bowl again with Goff as they win the Super Bowl with Goff.
0: I agree. I think the window is very small. Those are two crippling contracts at this point. They move into a new stadium next year, which will help. It'll definitely help. This was obviously. There's only
1: so much money to go around. Yeah, the salary cap and
0: you know they've paid a lot of guys too. It's not just them. They've paid Brandon Cooks. You know they've they've paid people a lot of money.
1: Is your boy Cooper Cup gotten paid?
0: Not yet. It's like
1: you know that's a guy I I dude if I was the Rams I'd be sad I'd be sadder to the idea that Cup was gonna leave than then Goff was gonna leave.
0: Yeah, I like Cup a lot. Uh, so with that being said, man, the Seahawks are point and a half favorites. They're not lighting anybody up either, but they've they've won three games in the most Seahawks way.
1: I think that this is a um, it's a re- close game. I think it's a close game, and I think it's a reaction line to uh, the the terrible game that the Rams had and the. The very very solid game that the Seahawks played against the Cardinals. Um, the reason I feel like I'm turning around this week, and by the way, I went 0 and 3. It was a nightmare on my Instagram picks this week. Uh, came back down to earth. Luckily, we're still up money thanks thanks to some money line picks. But uh, nightmare week. So this is my bounce back week, and it starts here. I think the Rams win the game outright in Seattle. I just think that, and, and by the way, I am not a guy who refuses to give credit where credit's due. Russ has been way better in terms of getting the ball out this year. Way better. Like if it seems like they finally were like, Hey, serious, we're serious about this thing. You got to get rid of the ball. And he has, but he's always struggled against the Rams. And I think like if, if the Rams had lost a close game last week to Tampa Bay, I'd be less confident in the Rams this week than I would the way that they played. I think they just need a bounce back from a piss-poor situation, and I think they get it, and I think the Rams win in Seattle.
0: They've had success under... And
1: Ma- and, and one last thing, the the Goff, no changing the play, like, that actually... That's one thing that when you're playing in a stadium like Seattle where it's going to be loud as fuck and all that, it's like that will be like a little bit help because they're not going to be making line calls. Yeah.
0: Well, McVay's had great success in Seattle as a Rams coach. They're going to be prepared. He's too good of a coach. So will the Seahawks. They have a great coach. This one's tough for me because Goff left such a bad taste in my mouth. I completely agree with you. I feel like watching that performance, it wasn't just in my apartment, watching that performance on a massive screen in the Wynn Casino... It was bad, bad. ...made it even worse for me. I'm really struggling to take the Rams in this game. But you're right. You don't want to overcorrect with the spread, and as far as it's just one game. However, I don't think Russell Wilson's going to have a great game. This isn't even about him. I don't think he's going to have a phenomenal game. This, to me, is more about the Rams' offense, and their defense played bad last week, too. It's about Jared Goff not playing well. It's about Todd Gurley playing on one leg. I'm going to go with the home team for that reason. I'm going to go to Seattle. I'm going to go with the the Hawks to win and cover and if that happens I think you can officially hit the panic mode for this season even though they, the Rams would be 3 and 2. I don't know, man. I I just I I struggle with Goff right now. He's not just guy the important thing if you watch these games and if you break down these games He's missing wide open receivers. He's not just turning the ball over. Like like Tug said, the great Tug Nug, he's now fumbled 10 straight games.
1: Yeah. Baby hands.
0: Not a good recipe for winning. No. Okay, on a game that we all know is going to... We all know the outcome of the next game, I should say. Patriots are 15.5-point favorites in Washington uh, against... The Redskins. The Redskins and Dwayne Haskins.
1: Is Dwayne Haskins starting?
0: I don't know. It's a good question. Does it matter?
1: Uh, At last I heard, they had not not announced to start. As of yesterday, they had not— Yesterday being Wednesday, they had not announced their starting quarterback for this game. And they had not announced, would it be Keenum, Haskins, or Colt McCoy? So, three— potential starters that alone and the fact that the Giants beat the Redskins last week by 24 points and the Redskins were managed to score three points against the New York Giants came into the game with a 31st ranked defense in football I don't think this 155 I don't think the spread's high enough Andy I'm going with the Patriots to win by 156 or more
0: okay so we agree we're both gonna go with the New England Patriots this game
1: and, oh, it's a period. That's 15 and a half. Yeah. Sorry about that. 15 and a half, still taking the Patriots.
0: On a side note, too, as we go over these games, Tug and I have been critical of the NFL this, and Tug texted me this morning to alert me before we went live, another just disastrous scheduling problem with the NFL. Mm. They have 10—
1: Oh, I know. I know all about it. 10 early games, two late games. One starts at fucking 110 one at, or 125. Horrific. So
0: the NFL has put 10 games at either 1 p.m. or 10 a.m. West Coast time.
1: It's their way of forcing you to watch Dallas,
0: Green Bay.
1: The whole country must
0: watch. But, with, but this is what I don't get for the NFL. I have the NFL Sunday ticket, right? The whole reason I have the Sunday ticket is I can watch basically all the games.
1: Yeah. Now you can only watch Dallas at Green Bay.
0: No, but my point is I have two TVs, and then I can split four games. They offer that. So at any given moment, I can watch six games. I would have thought going into the season, oh, I can watch six games at once. That should cover me. There's still four games I can't watch. Yeah. So they're not giving a big F you to people like me. They're not
1: worried about – so basically what they're doing is you're looking at it the wrong way. They're not at all concerned. They're going, yeah, you got the Sunday ticket, but you're going to watch – you're a guy who's got five, six screens. But the average American is going to tune in in the morning to the game that they want to watch. We're going to go full local markets. Giants fans are going to watch the Giants game. Redskins fans are going to watch the Redskins game. Bengals fans are going to watch the game. But every single person in America is going to watch Cowboys and fucking Packers.
0: Yeah, but but Joe, I get that. But they have to because, uh, no, I see what you're saying. Because that's the, I was thinking that was the Sunday night game. Okay.
1: Right. It's not. it, 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 it That's essentially what they did is they made a, a third primetime slot where everybody's yeah. watching one game. And they're going to sell the shit out of that advertising.
0: Yeah. They're
1: going to be like, it's going to be the only game on, guys.
0: Yeah. Because nobody's watching Broncos Chargers. Yeah. Okay, the Jags travel to Carolina. The Panthers are three and a half point favorites. Do we ride this Minshew train? Man. I am. I'm gonna go Jags to cover. Jags to cover three and a half.
1: Yes. Wow, that's high. I like the Jags. Uh, I'm sold. Gardner sold me. I'm sold on Minshew. I've been off the Panthers, and they have it has bitten me. I, I will I say am, uh, I'm they actually, are
0: playing well under the new quarterback.
1: I'm going with uh, I'm going with the Panthers. though. Okay, you changed. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not changing. I'm sorry. You 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 put that in before I was done. I. Everything, the, the Jags have burned me, and I'm now on the Minshew train. The Panthers have burned me. I'm not on the Kyle Allen train, but three and a half. So the
0: Jags are three and a half point favorites at Carolina. Wait, did I put that in wrong? I think I put that in wrong. Hold on. Because i I'm
1: cause that doesn't seem right to yeah, me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. This is my problem. I think I put it in wrong. Okay, let's look it up. It's where we need twerks. Yeah, I am incorrect. That's why I was going Jags. I just put it in wrong. I, I knew Carolina was favorite. Carolina is the favorite. Okay, I'm going Jags. Okay. So we are both going Jags. All right, let me change this up. And both teams have won their last two games. And, yeah, uh, three
1: and a half to me. I, I don't think it should be three and a half either way. I could 100% seen, see the Jags winning this game, but I didn't see the Jags winning the game big on yeah. the road. No, so, I agree. So we're both on the Jags now.
0: Interesting division, by the way. The AFC South. Yeah. All the teams are two and two, completely up for grabs. All right, your AIDS game of the week. <laughs> yeah. The Arizona Cardinals travel to Cincinnati where the Bengals are three-point favorites. The Bengals have not won a game. They've looked awful. Their offense is disgusting. It's an abomination. The Cardinals have looked awful, though, too. Awful. This game, to me,
1: is hard to pick because I'm not sure. Are these guys both tanking? But, like, if you're the Cardinals, what are you tanking for, right? I don't think the Cardinals are tanking. They're just bad. They're just bad. They just can't score, man. And the Bengals look like they were trying against Pittsburgh, and they're just really bad.
0: This is tough. I'm going cards. I think I'm being influenced, though, by my hatred for the Cincinnati Bengals and the Mike Brown family. I'm going to regret this pick. I already know I'm it. going Bengals. Yeah. You sent me a great article. And I normally go to the site. I had not gone yet today. From the ringer about Andy Dalton. But more importantly, it wasn't just about Andy Dalton. It was about kind of a great way to judge an NFL quarterback within your team and within a system.
1: Right. And And the surroundings. And, you know, no place in sports i think is the statement like there's more to it than this the stats true than at quarterback you know we're obviously a, you know the next game after the next game's falcons texans on our list but after that buck saints and we're gonna we're going to do this Jamarcus Winston thing once and for all. But when people go, you guys are just stats nerds. Like I don't think that's actually more true anywhere than evaluating quarterbacks. I think if you look at baseball, really for the most part, a a baseball player slash line will tell you everything you need to know about a baseball player. Yeah. Like there really isn't like if you're a Derek Jeter guy, like the leadership, like, Okay, fine, but that's really not having that much
0: of an effect. It's not a quantifiable stat. No.
1: Really nothing. Uh, in baseball like you can pretty much judge people by your numbers and that's why it's such like a nerd stat nerd game and that's why people care so much about, you know, the asterisks and whatever is because people love to historically compare players all time. Basketball is sort of in between. Football, obviously, there's so much that goes into it, you know. You're gonna have more tackles as an inside linebacker if your team fucking sucks. Yeah. And you your defensive line never tackles anybody. Yeah. You're gonna fucking have more sacks as a quarterback if your offensive line sucks. You're gonna have more touchdowns and, and yards if you're if you're always playing from behind, you know? Um but nowhere I think in sports is you have to look beyond the stats more important than at the position of quarterback and this is great because we were just talking about the article about Andy Dalton how Andy Dalton how great Andy Dalton's stats have looked but anybody with an eye test knows like god damn it if Andy Dalton just cannot fucking play well when he has to
0: well that was that was the main point of the article was it it broke down Andy Dalton's career and it broke down his best season in 2015 when he was 100% in the MVP contention until he got hurt in week 13, or 14, whenever it was. But the article also cites he had a healthy Tyler Eifert, A.J. Green, Mohamed Sanu, Marvin Jones, Giovanni Bernard, Jeremy Hill, who rushed for 1,000 yards that year. The, the, like the second rated offensive line. It was like this, this was the best athletic offense in the NFL. They yeah. started the season eight and But what I loved about that was saying he was having such great stats, but it still said he was still awful when he had pressure. Yeah. His whole career. He's still awful in primetime games. He still never won a playoff game. So all these stats matter.
1: And and the other thing, and we'll again we're gonna do a deep. Why don't we dive. just make
0: this pick and then let's get to okay. it?
1: Okay. Uh, so I'm doing Bengals.
0: The Andy Dalton return game. Okay, Falcons are a five point dog at Houston. This dropped since last night. I always I load these on a Wednesday night and I check before we do the show. Not much, but it dropped half a point. The Texans were five and a half. It's dropped to yeah. five. I'm going, dude, the Falcons are not good. This is too big for me. And they did not look good last week at home against the Texans. I'm sorry, against the Titans. And they couldn't score. The Texans also did not look good at home. I'm going Falcons. I don't like it, but I'm going to do it. The Falcons keep burning
1: me. The Texans burned me last week. I've no I truly this I'm punting on this game. I have no idea what to pick. Yeah. Statistically, what all I know is statistically about you and I so far on the season, statistically, our pick's gonna be wrong. More <laughs> more likely than not, yeah, it's gonna be wrong. True. And for that reason, I'm just going with whatever you didn't say.
0: Okay. So you're gonna go Texans. Okay, so I guess I got the Texans in that game. All right. Now we have the Bucks traveling to New Orleans where the Saints are three-and-a-half-point favorites, I feel it's only appropriate, because we're going to do this full breakdown of Jameis Winston, I feel it's only appropriate to pick against him from yeah. my vantage point. And the Saints' D plays so much better at home. Yeah. I, I see turnovers. My crystal ball see some turnovers. I see turnovers. I see a, a fumble, maybe an interception or two. And I see uh, a Saints defense that comes ready to play. This isn't about Teddy Bridgewater. This is about the Saints defense. I'm going to go with the Saints.
1: I'm also going with the Saints. I actually think this will be a close game, and I could see it coming down to a field goal. And I think the fact that it's at three and a half instead of three is is saying something. Um, The Saints just look too goddamn good against the uh, Cowboys. Yeah, I agree. And – Yeah, Jamarcus played great against the Rams. Jamarcus also tried to give that game away down the stretch. And um, I I actually, you know, I could see this game going either way, but that doesn't have any effect whatsoever on what I think about Jameis Winston. Um,
0: Well, let's get to that.
1: Tony Calabrese just texted me, wanted me to let you know. He insisted I do it live, tell you to go fuck yourself. Okay. Okay. Just wanted to get that out there because he he then screamed, "Do it live!" Such good
0: friends you have, Joe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, your brother's like, "Tell that fucking
0: Taliban mustache having fucking terrorist stop picking against the Bengals." No, he hates the Bengals too. The, 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 there is a Ruther family unity, unity, hatred for the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's get to it. You and I both received or I don't know if you received like I was getting DMs personally.
1: Well, it starts with me with Jameis is one Jameis one of one. A man on Twitter who surprise, surprise I mean, this is this is legendary. The the fake Twitter handle, there are now people who are anonymously writing books. A guy Did with Did he a,
0: really write a book?
1: Yeah. A guy with a frog meme, like like the the frog, the crying frog in a Tampa Bay helmet is now an author of a book. A man wrote a book. You have to pull it up, Andy. You have to pull it up on Twitter. Okay. It's
0: Jameis One of One. You gotta see it. I'll just go to the I know it's going to be on because you were you responding under Dirty Sports. I'm sure his
1: at name is Jameis One of One.
0: But I but I want to see the exchange. Yeah. Was that under Dirty Sports or your personal?
1: Uh, it was under my personal, but also Dirty Sports was tagged in it. So okay. This guy wrote a book about the media bias against Jameis Winston that Jameis Winston is a Hall of Fame quarterback and that only due to some bias This is unbelievable. Has Jameis Winston not gotten the credit he deserves as a starter in the NFL? I
0: mean, you can't make this
1: up. What is the title of the book, Andy?
0: Jameis Winston Derangement Syndrome.
1: Jameis Winston Derangement
0: Syndrome. How media bias causes us to overlook the start of a, I mean, is this, is this stroller moron? How media bias causes us to overlook the start of a Hall of Fame NFL career? But, Joe, there's no link. Is there really a book? Oh, my God, there is. I'm on Amazon right now. It has one customer review, which was probably him. The book is 404 pages. I know. He literally wrote a book. I know. And he wrote it as a, like, who anonymously writes books? But hold on, hold on, hold on. This is is a great Dirty Sports exclusive. See, I missed all this. I I couldn't believe you missed it. Well, I was in Las Vegas, so, you know, I wasn't on my phone as much. So this is the biography about the author. An anonymous troll. Jameis1of1, that's his Twitter handle, is a biblical Christian, of course. Husband and father, first and foremost, he's a theologian businessman freelance writer published author of numerous works in various genres under both his real name as well as a number of pen names as an investor in various high-end items ranging from rare sports cards to real (laughs) estate from comics to commodities
1: is this the same guy that was collecting tyler like uh that was collecting Christian Hackenberg cards that I that I dealt with last year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good memory. Is this the guy who's Good memory.
1: selling Christian Hackenberg cards so, on eBay. So let me get
0: this straight. He wrote a 404 page book. Yeah. About media bi- media bias is overlooking us to start a Hall of Fame NFL career. Dirtballs, I put this out here for you guys. We need to find a face to this man or woman or whoever it is. Also, you should definitely
1: Definitely, definitely, two koozies to anybody who writes a ridiculous Amazon review. Oh yes, on this guy's thing.
0: Oh yes, oh yes. I will.
1: Please be- refer to him as Jamarcus Winston only. Please talk about <laughs> eating elves. Please talk about crab legs. Please talk about fucking her right in the pussy. Fuck her right in the pussy. Rape. Please talk about getting benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Please talk about. The statistical analysis of Jameis Winston, which is he has the most turnovers in the league since he started. Including 19 fumbles. We talk about a tug-nug.
0: Well, well, hold on, hold on. You're not, you're not 100% correct in that. Let, 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 let's break these down. Okay. Let's just break them down. You're close. Yeah. These these are the facts on, on Jameis Winston. Since he entered the NFL four-plus years ago, he's in his fifth season, he has led the NFL the entire he's league. He's only
1: played 58 games in that time because he was suspended Yeah, and for sexually assaulting an Uber driver. So, so this is his.
0: these are the quick... Again, we want to do stats here, guys. You want to say he's a Hall of Famer? Bias? Okay, let's break down the bias. He has started 58 games since he entered the league. In those 58 games, Jameis Winston... Is twenty three and thirty five.
1: Now, let um, let's go let's go stat by stat here. So the argument when ever somebody and and by the way, quarterback wins like team wins absolutely do not translate directly to you the the quarterback. The Bucks are twenty three and thirty five over that many games for a lot of reasons, but first and foremost, it is Jameis Winston. And here's the thing. The argument, if you're a Bucks fan or a Jameis defender or whatever, is, well, he was the first overall pick. So he got drafted by a terrible team. Yeah. Right? I okay. agree. Now, let's not do what Jameis one-of-one one did and compare him to fucking Otto Graham and Peyton Manning's first five years and whatever.
0: Well, well Let- we can. Hold on, hold on. I'm glad you brought up Peyton. Let, let's do that because that's actually a great comparison in this regard. Both Jameis Winston— and Peyton Manning, Joe, were the number one overall picks, which means both Jameis and Peyton Manning went to awful teams. Right. Here's the difference. And even a dirtball mentioned Peyton Manning in, an, in a comparison with Jameis Winston. Guys, here is the difference Peyton Manning took his bad team and instantly got them good. They went 3 13 in Peyton Manning's first year. These are Peyton Manning's records after that. Thirteen and three. Ten and six. Then he had a bad year. Six and ten. Ten and six. Twelve and four. Twelve and four. Fourteen and two. So Peyton Manning had his bad first year, which I I don't blame him. I don't blame I don't blame anybody you drafted the number one overall. After that he won thirteen games. So let's instantly end but also this
1: comparison. But also what what this guy keeps claiming in his book is he's going and he's doing Super Bowl, he's doing Super Bowl quarterback, era adjusted stats, blah, blah, blah. Let's take away adjusting people's stats. Peyton Manning debuted in the league, what, 20-plus years ago?
0: 1998, yeah. Okay.
1: In the years since Jameis Winston has been drafted, Marcus Mariota went two after Winston. So the second-worst team. In football, correct? Correct. Has gone to the playoffs and gotten a playoff victory. Why is his team turned around so much faster? He went to the playoffs, won a playoff game on the road. Carson Wentz, terrible fucking team. Got drafted, what, fourth overall, third overall? I think he was two as well. Two overall. Has an MVP-type season, gets hurt. That team goes on to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Mitchell Trubisky, who everybody thinks is trash. Two overall, correct? Yeah. Goes to a team that was three and whatever. Has a terrible first year. Well, they,
0: they, they, t- they traded out for him, though. Okay. They were a little better. Okay. They were bad, though. They weren't good. They weren't good.
1: Good. Turns them around. They're in the playoffs.
0: Jared Goff. One overall? Correct. Well, I'm glad you brought up Goff and all these guys, because I want to just list these. Let's just list, because you're actually going the same path that I wanted to go with this discussion.
1: Let's but ju- every team that was really, 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 really bad and got a really high draft pick in the last however many years has turned around and gone to the playoffs. And that's my point. Let's just do...
0: While their teams were on under rookie contract. Exactly. Let's just do the last twenty years. So everyone's saying, you know, this and that about Jameis. Guys, you're Deshaun just Deshaun Watson. You're just wrong. I will list no, let's just list let's let's keep it fair for argument's sake. Buffalo's
1: gonna make the playoffs this year.
0: But let's just keep it fair. Okay. I wanna just list the Lamar mar- Jackson. No, but but he was in the, he was in the end of the first round. Again, to make this fair because, guys, I, I'm sick of arguing with, with people who don't want to keep it fair. Let's keep it fair. I'll keep it fair. I just want to list the number one overall drafted quarterbacks since 1999. And Joe and I will say if Jamarcus Winston, Jameis Winston, is better or having a worse career, than the number one overall picks of the last 20 years. We'll start in 1999. Tim Couch. Okay. He's had a better career. Michael Vick drafted number one in 2001. Who's had a better career at this point? Michael Vick. Agreed. Who had
1: already gone on the road and won a fucking playoff game.
0: Yeah. 2002, David Carr. You're going to have to go with Winston. Carr didn't do anything.
1: You're going to have to go with Winston, but also if you're going to make excuses for how fucking bad Jameis Winston has been is because how bad his team was. David, David Carr is dead from his offensive line. David Carr passed away last year and is being remembered in a huge tattoo well, on his brother's back.
0: It's funny, he's on the NFL network, but I believe that's that a, hologram. a hologram. Yeah, it's exactly. a hologram. Exactly. Okay, let's let's move right along. 2003, the Bengals drafted number 1 overall Carlson, Carson Palmer. Who by the way, by 2005, they were in the playoffs.
1: And and also, glad you brought up Carson Palmer. A lot of people saying, "Look how good Carson Palmer was when he got Arians in Arizona. He was an MVP candidate. And look how Jameis Winston has turned around this season with Arians. Guess what? <coughs> if you're saying Jameis Winston is Carson Palmer, fucking A. Cool. Carson Palmer never won fucking shit. And, I, and is the original Pre Nostradamus – When I was battling people who told me Carson Palmer was an MVP candidate and I said he's going to have a fucking playoff meltdown and he had six turnovers, Jameis Winston is black Carson Palmer? Lock it in!
0: But not even that. He he went to the playoffs within a couple years. My point is he was instantly—he didn't need Bruce Arians. Carson Palmer, in his third year, was leading the Bengals— To a division title and 11 wins. And the truth is, got his knee shredded in his first playoff game.
1: And the truth is also, Carson Palmer is Jameis Winston's fucking ceiling.
0: So we have Carson Palmer in 2003, the number one overall pick at quarterback. 2004, we have Eli Manning. Okay, Eli had a better career. 2005, the number one overall pick at quarterback. Alex Smith had a better career. 2007, let's move along. Jamarcus Russell. Now, guys, obviously, Joe jokes. He's had a better career. Jamarcus Russell only lasted three years.
1: Jamarcus Russell is absolute fucking trash. But, again, Jameis Winston, very so highly touted, so fucking physical, so great in college, so whatever, and has come in and has been a massive letdown. Suspended, benched, most turnovers in the league. How much worse can you fucking do?
0: 2009, the number one overall quarterback was Matthew Stafford. He's better than Jamarcus Russell. 2010, Sam Bradford. Okay, fine. He's better than Sam Bradford. I have no problem saying that. But also,
1: like, statistically, is he? Like, that's the thing. I don't know. He is. Okay, great. He is. Uh, and, and by the way, I agree. I have been the Sam Bradford is trash train when fucking Minnesota Vikings fans were defending him and Eagles fans were defending him because you're fucking fanboys. I had to deal with people fucking defending Kirk Cousins prior to the game last week. Matt Pedoti, get AIDS and die. Like, it's unbelievable the fanboys out there. Oh, uh, you see, we, uh, we run the ball now. His offensive line is better. Are you kidding me? If you're defending what Jameis Winston has done in his career so far, you're a fucking fanboy. Has he looked better this year with Bruce Arians? Yes. He couldn't look worse. He led the fucking league in turnovers.
0: Let's just get through these last few number one overall drafted quarterbacks. 2011, Cam Newton had a better career. 2012, Andrew Luck had a better career. Then we get Jameis in 2015. We already discussed Jared Goff in 2016. The verdict is still out on Baker Mayfield in 2018. So, guys, the argument is this. Is
1: the verdict still out? Is Baker Mayfield better than Jameis Winston right now?
0: I'd rather have Baker right now. But 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 I like...
1: But you're not sold on Baker, and that's fine. Neither am I.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's all I'm saying. I'd rather have him, but I'm not sold. The point is but
1: this. If Baker Mayfield takes the... Cleveland Browns to the playoffs this year it's a fucking kill yourself it's over
0: the point is this I've just listed the number one drafted quarterbacks of the last 20 years he's not that better than many you know he's better than the Tim Couches the Jamarcus Russells the Sam Bradfords but guys the stats don't lie since entering the league Jameis Winston has thrown 63 interceptions. He's lost 17 fumbles. So combined, oh no, he said 40 fumbles. He's lost 17 of them. So in his 58 starts, back to Joe's initial point, in his 58 starts, he's turned the ball over 80 times. That's more that's more than one a game. Leading the NFL. This isn't over a one-year period. This isn't cherry-picking stats. This is four-plus seasons. To put things in comparison, if you fanboys once again want to bring up Peyton Manning. Okay, let's bring up Peyton Manning. To put things in comparison, during Peyton Manning's 14 years with the Indianapolis Colts, Joe, he lost fumbles 19 times in 14 years. Jameis has already lost 17 fumbles in a little over four years.
1: And people always do this Peyton Manning and people always. And and by the way, the reason I looked up Jameis versus Andy Dalton stats is because just a couple of years ago on Monday night football, they did the Andy Dalton Peyton Manning side-by-side comparison that through this many games, Andy Dalton is exactly the same player that Peyton Manning was. That's why no more than, sorry, sorry, More so than anywhere else in sports. You have to look beyond the stats at the quarterback position. Because, as I've said on this show over and over and over and over again, you don't want the league's leading passer. Yeah. If you go back the last 30-plus years of football, Drew Brees, Drew Bledsoe, Dan Marino, over the past 35 years of football— How many years do you think one of those three guys led the league in fucking passing yards? 30 years? You think every once in a while there was a Philip Rivers and every once in a while there was a... The Eli Mannings of the world have more Super Bowl wins than Drew Brees, Drew Bledsoe, and Dan Marino fucking combined. Because your job as a quarterback, everybody uses the phrase game manager like it's a bad thing. That's your first and foremost job. You have to be a game manager. If you're a great game manager on a great team, you're going to win some games. You might even win a Super Bowl, like Trent Dilfer, for example. Great game manager, great team. You can win a fucking Super Bowl. Okay? First of all, Jameis Winston's league-leading turnovers by a wide margin since he started is proof, one, you're not a game manager. Yeah. You're fucking reckless with the football. You, He almost threw away the, the game against the Rams. I was, I, I have a Jameis Winston defender who is at least a little bit a reasonable Jameis Winston defender because he will hear me out. Shout out to Brad at Brad with two Ds underscore Francis. I know he's a Bucks fan, but he literally wrote me you said he was one of the biggest busts in NFL history. You have great takes, but if the Bucs didn't miss that field goal, they could easily win this division. I said, um, no, you might still lose this game because he's a turnover machine. Three seconds later, he threw a pick six, and that almost cost him the game. First and foremost, your job as a quarterback is to be a game manager. What makes a quarterback better, makes a quarterback elite, is when they take being a game manager away from you. Eli Manning in the NFC Championship game against San Francisco 49ers in Candlestick. He got hit every fucking play. They took away being a game manager. That guy was, it was bombs over Baghdad. It's amazing that Eli Manning survived that game. He was hit like 11 times to the ground, I believe. He also had one of the best playoff games in history. So first things first, be a game manager. And then be able to take over games when needed. That's, that's where you go elite. But first things first, I don't care if you can take over games if you can't first manage them. First got to be able to manage them, then you got to take them over. Has Cam Newton been able to take over games? Sure. Can Cam Newton manage games? I don't know if that's still fucking not up for discussion. Russell Wilson game manager did it the last couple years this is the this is the thing that keeps me from putting a crown on russell wilson's head i want to see him go put the team on my back though and do it when they when te- when teams go fuck you we're going to stop the run in the playoffs what are you going to do on third down that's what you got to see i've seen pat mahomes do it already i've seen Brady do it. Breeze do it. Roethlisberger do it. Eli Manning do it. Peyton Manning do it. I've seen Goff. Can he manage a game when everything's great? Yeah. Where was he in the fucking Super Bowl when they took away what he does? What did he do? Did he make any standout plays? Has Trubisky? Has Mario? None of these guys have. Jameis Winston hasn't reached level one. Be a game manager. Until you do that, Fuck the fuck off. And then we can talk about level two, where you can have these Jameis Winston games where you throw for 450 yards and four touchdowns. Cool story. There's a lot of shit quarterbacks out there who have the ability to go off in big fucking games. First, you got to show me you can win games. Then you can show me, hey, now that you can trust me to win games, let me go out and fucking take games myself. That's the difference between My boy, Eli Manning, and a guy like Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is going to put up better career statistics from the second he hits the league than Eli Manning did. But never once in his whole fucking career, even when he had the best team, did he take a game and go, I'm fucking winning this game. In fact, come playoff time, come prime time, he lost those games. Multiple turnovers. Carson Palmer is Jameis Winston's ceiling. So far, huge game, Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer would throw fucking ludicrous passing stats out there all the time. I'm not sure Carson Palmer was ever in his career a game manager. First, achieve that bar. Then we can talk about you having, then we can talk about you wilding out. So far, Jameis Winston has crazy, gaudy passing stats and simultaneously gaudy turnover numbers and fucking. Fat L's all over the place. He's averaging five and a half wins a season. That's advanced fucking metric for you. You Your dude is throwing the shit out of the ball because his teams fucking lose. Because he turns the ball over all the time. And all turnovers aren't the same. But Jameis Winston ain't throwing these third-down turnover punts. Jameis Winston's throwing fucking pick-sixes to nobody. That pass in the Giants game, do you remember that pass? Who the fuck are you throwing the ball to? That pick-six to in the Rams game,
0: who are you throwing the ball to? Yeah, to Marcus Peters. I, I just don't know how you can watch him play. I don't know how you can look at the stats.
1: You first you if you look at the stats you can see one thing. And if you watch him play you can see but, the But but it's not
0: even Put, true. it's not even true if you look at the stats. The stats don't lie. He's 23 and 35 as a starter. He's turned the ball over 80 times in 58 career starts. And then That's and, that's and,
1: awful. And, that, that's abysmal. And read and read the comparison to Andy Dalton through the first four seasons that I sent you. Identical. Identical percentages. Turnovers. But not turnovers, interceptions, because we know, we all know, Jameis Winston's fucking setting goddamn new records when it comes to fumbles.
0: Yeah. No, it's true. And take take it from somebody from Cincinnati. If if you if you want this as your ceiling through four seasons, they're pretty identical. Through
1: four seasons. Through basically almost the exact same amount of games. I think in this. I think in this. Andy Dalton's played like one more game or something, or two more games.
0: Through four seasons, Andy Dalton threw fourteen thousand seven hundred fifty-eight yards. Jameis threw fifteen thousand seven hundred ninety-five yards. So he's got him by about a thousand yards. Passing, they're basically identical. In Over touch-
1: fifty games, by the way, that's what—that's fucking twenty yards a game.
0: Yeah. Dal- Complete completion
1: percentage identical. Identical sixty-one point 6. ninety-nine touchdowns to Jameis's ninety-seven. Passer rating.
0: Dalton, 85.2. Jameis, 88.3. Basically identical. Interceptions, basically identical. Andy Dalton threw 66. Jameis threw 60, 63.
1: Also, since we always do this and we always talk quarterbacks so much, I've said it before and I will say it again. If you use passer rating to talk about quarterbacks, you should kill yourself. Andy, let me ask you something. What's a What's a... I mean, we grew up, that was the stat, like, you watch Monday Night Football, they're showing you attempts to completions, yards, touchdowns, passer rating. Like, for our entire history, that's whatever it is. What's a good passer rating? Like, if you were like, I want my quarterback to have this passer rating.
0: I mean, really good?
1: No, like, I'm saying, okay, you, you look at your quarterback, and you're like, alright, my quarterback had a good game. Quarterback had a, play like, this, 100. Is, this isn't my quarterback's fault.
0: Hundred. Okay. Yeah. I'd want it at a hundred. I
1: mean, that's pretty good. That I mean, for the majority of time, a hundred was like he had you had a great game. So maybe ninety-five. Okay. NFL passer rating. Twenty nineteen. And everybody, it just goes to QBR now because everybody knows that that's way more effective. Um, I mean, it's literally impossible to find passer rating. But I will find it. NFL reference. This is 2019. Here we go. We should have a we should have a rating here somewhere. Rating, boom. So, Patrick Mahomes. Here's the guys over 100. Mahomes, Wilson, Kyle Allen, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Gardner Minshew, Marcus Mariota. 106.2 Philip Rivers, Mason Rudolph, 103.2 Matthew Stafford, Jacoby Brissett. Then you got Deshaun Watson at 99, Tom Brady at 97.5, Derek, Derek Carr at 96.7, Jimmy Garoppolo at 96.3, Daniel Jones at 95.9, Jameis Winston at 95.8, Aaron Rodgers at 95.4. Carson Wentz at 95.3, and Case Keenum at 93.8. The bottom three of the top 20 are Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, and Case Keenum. 7, 8, 9 are Mariota, Rivers, Rudolph. Pass rating fucking sucks. Well, it's we a terrible way to determine who's playing quarterback
0: well. Well, we don't 100% agree. We've had this discussion. A lot of those factors play into it. You can't solely look at passer rating, but also a lot of those guys who have passer ratings 100 or above are playing
1: well. Okay, but if if you're watching football and you think Mason Rudolph is showing you more at quarterback so far this year, significantly more than Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz.
0: Well, obviously I'd want those guys over. Tom Brady. It's it's a very it's a very we're also
1: but but I'm not just saying small sample size That's I'm what saying I'm he's saying. just not playing better than those guys he's just not
0: it's a sample size
1: yeah but even that is just also wrong even in the small sample size Mason Rudolph isn't didn't have a better last game against the fucking Bengals than Carson Wentz had against the fucking Packers passer rating is ludicrous. And it's basically been abandoned.
0: Well, that's a whole other discussion, which you and I have already had. I mean, obviously I wouldn't use that for Jameis, but...
1: Because Jameis Winston has a 95 fucking passer rating.
0: Yeah, but his, his career... Let me pull it up. Jameis' career passer rating... Was 88? It's nothing special. Yeah, exactly. It's 88. It's nothing special. My, my, my critique of Jameis, and obviously, again, he's not really Jamarcus Russell. It's it's an exaggeration, guys, that Prano uses for comedic effect on the show. But at the end of the day, you can't turn the ball over that much and you can't lose this many games. End of story. There's, there's no media bias like this Cheddar Dick decided to write a book about. There's no media bias. The numbers don't lie. He's led the league in turnovers over four years, and he's not winning games. Plain and simple. And he's getting benched, and he's getting suspended,
1: and he's embarrassing himself. And pre- he's
0: he's he, has, he shows me nothing I want in a quarterback. The fact that we even have to have this conversation, it's embarrassing. It really is. Because anybody with a brain, guys, and I'm going to say this to all the dirtballs listening. If you have a brain, just pull up Pro Football Reference. You
1: are the people who told me that Carson Palmer should be an MVP. You're, that's who you are. You're the people. And then where's my boy Patrick Sullivan? Where's my boy Jacob Faith? Who then send me drunken text messages like, You told me this was coming. I didn't believe it. Pray, Thomas, I'll never doubt you again. I'm going to kill myself. Oh, yeah, he threw fucking six turnovers. Like, th- Carson Palmer is Jameis Winston's ceiling.
0: And we're both taking the Saints this week. Yes. Let's move right along. And so we're both
1: th- going to be wrong, and every yeah. Marcus Winston fan is going to fucking jump up our ass. And yeah. also, Carson
0: Palmer is his ceiling. And that doesn't mean it can't change, by the way. It doesn't mean Winston can't get better. You already alluded- Well, he can't get worse. You already alluded to it. He's already playing better 100% under Arians. But I'll say this to kind of wrap it up. I was thinking about this.
1: I don't think Mister Fucker and the Pussies ever jumping over hurdle one. Be a game manager. We have four
0: years of evidence, four seasons of Jameis Winston. I and I thought about this today. Think about this right now, Joe. Is there a quarterback after four years who you've seen? In the NFL, who then suddenly turned it around? But my, my argument's always been this: three. I think you know a lot about an NFL quarterback after three years. I, I, I think three years as a starter, you know what you're gonna gonna get. You know, you know if the quarterback can continue to improve, or maybe you've hit your glass ceiling, or they might continue to decline. We have four years, so that's my point on Jameis. I can't think of a quarterback. I mean, maybe Alex Smith, but then, but then the, but pro- then even him, we
1: knew. Right. That's but my then, point. But then, wasn't wasn't the Alex Smith? Wasn't everybody who was saying, "Oh, look, Alex Smith. He's leading the league in passer rating. He's an MVP candidate this year." Wasn't that all? Wasn't that all proven as totally fraudulent? The second Andy Reid moved on to hit from him to a guy who had never stepped foot on an NFL field for more than one game before and immediately went into the AFC Championship game and led the league in everything and won the MVP.
0: That's my point. We have four years of Jameis Winston. I can't think... like I'll look at other guys around him. I don't think Marcus Mariota is going to get that much better. I think we know what he is. I don't think Jared Goff, who's in his fourth year...
1: And honestly, here's the other thing about Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston... This is Jameis Winston's last year of his contract. I just don't... like. If you go ahead and give Jameis Wilson hundred million dollars guaranteed, you should literally kill yourself. And that's what it's going to call for, right? That's what he will demand. He will demand a contract. Isn't he going to demand whatever Dax demanding? Isn't he going to demand whatever? Like how how do you how do you watch Jared Goff play this year and say? I shouldn't get more than Goff.
0: Well, well, I'm glad you brought up Dak because he's another guy, I believe. Is this Dak's third or fourth year? Yeah. Third year? So after this season, I feel—I was actually discussing this. By the this, way, I think Dak's significantly better than James
1: Winston. I agree. But I also feel— Because well, he starts as a game manager. Yeah. He showed—he game managed 13-3. Now, that is that. what is—now we are at—he has crossed—he has beaten level one.
0: Yeah, he's also won a playoff game.
1: He's beaten level one. Level two now is when push comes to shove, when they take away Zeke, when they do whatever, is Dak Prescott going to take over games against not the Miami Dolphins? He didn't take over that Saints game.
0: And by the way, to be determined, but he hasn't shown it. He hasn't shown it at all.
1: But you get a second contract when you pass level one. Jameis Winston has not passed level one. James Winston has not shown that he can manage a team. Let's let's not pretend also that the Tampa Bay Bucks. How many years in a row have numerous media members and numerous football analysts been like, "This is the year of the Bucks, sneaky Bucks team. I think the Bucks can win this division. I think everybody acting like the Bucks were a dumpster fire and now they have Bruce Arians. They're gonna turn on, yo." All you motherfuckers had the Bucks winning the division when they were on hard knocks. All y'all motherfuckers, All of I love you.
0: I think I did.
1: Yeah. So they weren't such a dumpster fire then that, like, oh my God, Jameis just has to survive. Oh, they've got Deshaun Jackson, they've got Evans, and they've got blah blah blah, and they've got this guy. The defense is stacked.
0: McCoy and JPP. All right, we got to get through this, Joe. It's it's we're coming up on two hours. Okay, Vikes, Jiking Vikes, Giants.
1: The Jikings game. The Jikings I game. Love Jikings. I love You guys just are, got canceled and I wasn't even doing a specific accent.
0: You guys are five and a half dogs at home. Taking my Giants. Your defense isn't good.
1: No, they're not. But, but neither is <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Neither's Kirk Cousins. S- I'm gonna take it Stefan Diggs is basically demanding a trade. Kirk Cousins is apologizing to Adam Thielen on radio shows.
0: I'm going Giants. The Giants is...
1: technically aren't a winning team right now. Otherwise, we would absolutely know that Kirk Cousins is going to take a dump on the field. The defense has been playing better. I'm taking the Giants simply because Daniel Jones greater than Kirk Cousins. Daniel Jones, three games greater than Kirk Cousins has ever been ever.
0: I don't know if that's statistically true, but
1: but the eye test when it comes to fucking being a fucking leader, Kirk Cousins is a goddamn trash. And Kirk Cousins was trash last game. And I said this on slides. I'm gonna say it again here. I'm taking the Giants just to cover. I'm not predicting a Giants victory right now, but I'm just taking the Giants to cover.
0: If you have a hot take.
1: If the Giants win this game, I have a hot take. Okay. I have a I have a pre Patriots week. Hot take: If the Giants beat the Vikings,
0: now next next game's tough. Raiders keep burning me. They're six point favorites at home. I thought the Raiders didn't have a. Did, did, I, did I do this? In no, reverse the Bears. Order? Are,
1: no, the Bears are favorites. That's why you have them in green.
0: But I have the Raiders as home. The home team. Is this in London?
1: It is in London.
0: It's got to be. Correct. Because I knew, thanks to Tug Nugs, I knew they didn't have a home game till. the So Bears November. Raiders
1: in London. Bears are six-point favorites. I'm taking the Bears on defense alone.
0: All right. I'm going to be different. I'm different.
1: I'm different.
0: I'm going to go. I know they're going to burn me. Once again, tar-ray-tas. Yo, fool. We're going Hello. To- Raiders. <laughs> yo, man. Let's go fucking see Big do Ben, say bro. Do you say Raiders. Let's go to Big Ben, bro. Like the quarterback has his own fucking monument in the fucking London, bro. <laughs> Let's get a fucking taco stand out there. Let's tailgate, bro. Yo, I thought these were coming with chips, yo. These are french fries, fool. You think they'll care if I fucking... Start the grill on the plane, bro. When I go across the fucking ocean, man. I was going to do some fucking enchiladas, some taquitos.
1: I've heard a lot about your hooligans, bro. Who wants to get stabbed?
0: Yo, man. I'll show you fucking hooligans. Those hooligans are fucking loco, ese. Okay, so I'm going to go Raiders. You're going to go Bears. Next up, we have Jets, are 13 and a half dogs in.
1: Uh, we notice, uh, sorry, we've been checking out on your show. We noticed that you've decided to bring back the Yo Fools, and we would just like you to know that you have been uh, canceled!
0: <laughs> canceled! <laughs> jets are 13 and a half dogs in Philly. Big spread here, Prano. <laughs>
1: I'm going with the Jets. Uh, I don't know if Darnold's back or not. 13 and a half is just too big. I feel like the Eagles played down to their competition. Eagles are the only team that made the Redskins look competent this year. I think the Eagles looked great, looked like the offense got on track against the, uh, against the uh, Packers, but it's still too big for me. I'm going Jets.
0: It's very big, and I have zero faith. Man. They've also had a little longer week to get healthy. With that being said, I'm taking the Jets. I agree. It's too big. Okay, Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Pittsburgh. Ooh, It's an
1: interesting game. Do you give the Steelers any shot to win this game? I do. Yeah, I do too. Because it's division. The Ravens have looked suspect in two straight games now. They have. The Ravens got their shit pushed in against the Browns. They did. Your Browns. Coming on, fucking strong here.
0: My Browns.
1: Your Browns.
0: I did pick that, them to make it a close game last that's week. That's
1: sarcastic because you, you you've been hating on the Browns. I
0: have, but I also what did I say last week? I said I said they're going to cover and they did. Um, I'm going Steelers.
1: I'm going Steelers too, bud. Sorry, started to dub, double down on your pick there.
0: I I hate to do that, but
1: I just don't think the Ravens have looked good the last couple weeks. The Ravens look great against two
0: trash teams. Bills, Titans, Titans are at home. It's
1: an interesting game.
0: Three is point favorite. It, is this Spider Man meme? Is uh is this pointing Spider Man? Is Josh Allen playing? I don't know. He got knocked the fuck out. By the way,
1: Josh Allen knocked out fucking running. Trubisky knocked out running. Guys, stop running. Like it's it's just like I, I guess. The thing with Trubisky, right, is—and maybe in a sense you could say this about Goff. I don't know. Who, who's the Rams' backup, by the way? So like Sean Manon or something like that? It's Blake Bortles. Oh, okay. So with Trubisky, you almost got to be like, yeah, run. Because if you don't run—like, if you take that aspect away from Trubisky, he's really not a good quarterback.
0: It's the same way with Josh Allen. Have you watched him? Right. We were all discussing that last week at the win. We were all saying the same thing. He, I, I watched a lot of that game, most of it. He just was missing receivers left and right. He he is not effective unless he runs. I mean, I think he's effective
1: without running, but he also needs to run to be effective. Like, that's it, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Like, it. it they just complement each other. So, you know, maybe that's what Nagy, Nagy, is it Nagy? Nagy. Whatever. Uh, and McDermott. No, is like, we have to have these guys play like this and their health be damned. Yeah. But like as a Giants fan, I cringe when Jones takes off. It's like, I get it. You, you know, third and eight and you fucking get nine and you whatever. And you, but like last week he fucking took a couple hits like slide, bro. Yeah. I hate it. Because I think he can be super effective as just a passer. And it's great if he can run like in that in that Bucks game when he runs in for a touchdown, two touchdowns when you're like, if you can run and you can run out of bounds, or you can run into the end zone, great. But like I don't want my quarterback getting hit ever. And I think I think it says something about both Allen and Trubisky that their coaches fucking don't give a shit.
0: Yeah. Well
1: And honestly. That that also kind of becomes the question with Carson Wentz. is like, I just think he can be effective as just a passer, too. So, to me, it's just reckless and dumb that they let him get hit.
0: Well, the latest update, this is from an article an hour ago, he has not been officially cleared. They think he'll be cleared to play.
1: Titans are three-point favorites in
0: Tennessee. Tennessee. It's going to be a defensive game. Yeah. Both teams have great defenses. Yeah. I mean, they shut down Tom Brady last week. Yeah, he did nothing. Yeah, I'm going with
1: the Titans. I still like this. I still like. (laughs) Talk about a blind spot. I for like the Titans burn me all the time, but I still like the Titans, and I still like Mariota with the Titans.
0: Well, to be different, I'm going to go Bills.
1: I still like. I I feel like. I don't like Mariota. I still feel like the playoff win.
0: You're holding on to that Kansas City win,
1: and also, you know, the games he's played where he where he looks he
0: like he has I, games where he looks awful. though. Yes, he looked but, awful but against I, Jacksonville. And this I year. get
1: and I and I feel like there is no chance ever that Mariota is passing level two of I'm going to take over games now. But I feel like he's he's a game manager, right?
0: Yeah, but I, but I mean, it's not a good ceiling. No, and that
1: and and honestly, the one thing is he doesn't run the ball nearly as much as you think he would have coming out of college, and that I think is a testament to what his coaching staff thinks of him. Unlike Trubisky and Allen, they're not putting him in danger. They're like, we don't want to go to fucking, we, we think that there is a downgrade here between you and fucking Tannehill.
0: Yeah. All right, I'll go Bills just to keep it different.
1: I, I know I'm going to lose that game.
0: That's funny. I was just thinking the same thing about myself. Broncos, Chargers, I believe Denver won last year in Carson. Chargers, I, I don't care that the Broncos are 0-4. This is too big of a favorite. That whole stadium is going to be Broncos fans. The whole state—they have a great fan base. The whole stadium is going to be Broncos fans. T- six and a half is too big for me. I'm going Broncos.
1: I'm going Chargers. I think the Broncos might be f- tanking for a quarterback now. Ah. I mean, a- after you lose that game, it is too big, especially Wait. a division game, especially in Carson. I I agree. It's going to be mostly Broncos fans.
0: You're going Chargers. I'm going Chargers. Interesting. All right, Packers-Cowboys. Ooh. Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I just... You know, I was riding the Cowboys high. My Super Bowl team to represent the NFC. I'm going to go Packers in this one. That half point kills me. I don't know who wins. I think it's close. I think the Packers win this game.
1: Um, I think the Packers... I still think people are sleeping on the Packers. Everybody was was saying, well, the big question mark with the Packers now is like Aaron Rodgers doesn't look the same. The offense doesn't look the same. Yeah, there was a bit of a disaster down there by the goal line for sure last Thursday. That was a debacle twice in a row. Yeah. But you can't say their offense didn't look good.
0: I don't think they look as good, and I don't think Rodgers looks as good.
1: I Me mean, threw for four hundred yards last week. They scored twenty-seven points. They had two goal line failures. Also, part of those goal line failures, Jimmy Graham strip dropped a ball. Got a guy open, delivered him the football. He dropped it. There was some suspect play calling, but again, I think that's two different, you know, two different coaching things. Like, I think the offense can be on track, and then the offense can be lost inside the five. Both those things can be true. I think the Packers win this game, but if the Packers don't win this game, I think they don't win this game because if there's one thing that their defense isn't great at, it's stopping the run, and obviously the Cowboys have Ezekiel Elliott, and they like to run the ball. So if the Cowboys can be effective and run the ball, and in doing so win this game, I think that. In that case, it's lower scoring, and that half point is too much. But I will pick the Packers to win this game.
0: Sunday night game. Colts travel to KC to play the Chiefs. Chiefs are 11-point favorites. Big spread. Too big for me. I'm going Colts.
1: It does seem like the Colts team is better than being 11-point underdogs to anybody. Um, Your boy, Jacoby. The big question mark in this game is like if it turns into a shootout of any sort, they're not covering. Like if the Chiefs scored 27 points. Or 35 points. The
0: Colts, they're covering. Well, I'm banking on... It being low scoring. The ch- Not even low scoring. The Colts' defense shows up somewhat. To, to me, holding them to 27 is a win. If it gets to 35, they don't cover. I think, I think if the Colts can hold the Chiefs to 27 points or lower, they can cover. Because I think the Colts back. can put up three touchdowns.
1: Hold on. I'm going back through my picks here. I'm going to go the Colts as well. Everywhere I took, everywhere we're different, I have the favorite, and I just can't ride the favorites all day.
0: All right, Browns travel to 49ers. 49ers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. You know, I was uh, critical of the Browns. They were very impressive last week. I think they might be right in the ship a little. We'll see. I think this is for sure a close game. That half point scares me. I don't give 49ers that much of a home field advantage in Santa Clara. Obviously, one team's traveling across the country. However, I'm going to take the Browns to cover.
1: I'm also going to take the Browns cover. I think last week I got scared off a lot of money lines. And the money lines I got scared off, like the Browns at the um, like the Browns-Ravens game, uh, I got scared off it because of some Browns performances. And this week I'm coming back hard. Follow me on Instagram. Joe There's going to be multiple money lines to make up for last week's no money lines. And one of them is, I think the Browns win this game. I think this is the end of the undefeated San Francisco 49ers. I think the 49ers are better than a lot of people thought they would be. I think the 49ers are still sort of underrated. That being said, I think they straight up lose. I think this is where they lose. They lose to the Browns. This is the Browns... uh, Browns had everybody on their dick before the season, and I think a couple of bad games got everybody off their dick. This is going to be the back-on-the-dick Browns. By the way, I am not on the Browns' dick at all. I think that they w- make the playoffs, but...
0: Uh, Serious question. Can Freddie Kitchen see his dick? He's a large man. I- I'm going to say no. Okay.
1: Not, not standing straight up with good posture. Yeah,
0: didn't yeah. think so. No. Not when he's showering. No.
1: I don't know if he showers, though. He might be a straight bath guy. <laughs> um, sorry, we just tuned in again. Uh, uh, we're listening on your Alexa, by the way, and it uh, sounds like you're fat
0: shaming. And you're canceled! Canceled! You were already canceled, now you're double canceled. Okay, those are the picks for the week. We are not doing calls again. I know we are so far behind on that. I will take the blame for that. We'll get to them next week, I promise. for the hotline. Follow Joe Prano on Instagram at Joe Prano. Follow me on Instagram at Andy Ruther. You can follow us on Instagram at TheDirtySports. And uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Drop iTunes reviews. I sent out some more koozies this week. Thanks to everybody who is using screenshots, sending screenshots of our promo codes and uh, leaving iTunes reviews. Uh, I've added some shows. Any L.A. people? I've been booking some shows. There he is. There I am, doing some shows again. Uh, AndyRuther.com. I think it's updated. i got to update it more. Um, Joe.
1: Uh, Joe Prano on Instagram, uh, at Fix Your Life on Twitter. Um, I will be traveling again in in a little bit here. I'll be going home to New York for... uh, my dad's memorial, um, and that whole week I'll be in New York. Gonna try to stay uh, stay out of a dark depression by maybe doing some comedy shows. So keep your eye on com to see if I'll be uh, doing some spots while I'm in New York. Otherwise, uh, here in LA for a while. Um, so check out com here. LA shows, Long Beach shows, um, some 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 other gigs in and around Tahoe coming up again soon. So yeah. All that.
0: All right, guys. That's the show. Have a great weekend. Don't be a Stan. Don't be a stupid Stan. I'm gonna leave it with that. Just, just don't be that guy. And make sure you write a book review on Amazon of our our Jameis Winston guy.
1: Yeah. Two koozies if you. What
0: was the title of it again?
1: I believe it's uh, <laughs> the Jameis Winston. This. What is it? Oh, I've already forgot it. Yeah. I don't know. No, you gotta pull it up again. God damn it. It's the Jameis Winston. <laughs> should, I on, should I just go should
0: I just go into Amazon?
1: Yeah. If you put in Amazon, I'll probably guess the thing you're looking for. <laughs> it's Jameis one of one.
0: Dude, I'm gonna laugh if this doesn't pop up. Bro, it's not even popping up on Amazon. When I put Jameis one
1: of one. You got to get it again.
0: It's not even popping up.
1: It's something about the media bias of. Here we go. Got it. Jameis Winston derangement syndrome. How (laughs) media bias causes us to overlook the start of a Hall of Fame career. Written by Jameis1of1. Forward by Otis Leverett.
0: There it is. It was published July 12, 2019. Author Jameis1of1
1: has written the definitive book on Jameis Winston. He also compares the statistics of every single modern era Hall of Fame quarterback to Winston as well as to each other, all while adjusting for era to eliminate even the appearance of bias. Jameis Winston derangement syndrome is an NFL stacky stream, a biased media member's nightmare, and belongs in every Buccaneers fan's library. That from Ashley Abrams, host of the Talk the Plank podcast. Our
0: Talk the Plank <laughs> podcast. The
1: Buccaneers fan <laughs> podcast. Yeah, every Buccaneers fan should read this.
0: Unbelievable. Can you imagine
1: being a Buccaneers fan and be like, yes, give Jameis Winston $100 million this offseason?
0: Oh, my God. Goff just made it a Super Bowl, and I wanted no part of that. Unreal. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Watch the games. Don't be stupid. And most importantly, stay dirty.